This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Last week, I drew your attention to the fact that God expected, or Jesus expected the Pharisees to be aware of the season in which they were. When they asked him for a sign, he said, there shall no sign be given to you except the sign of Jonas or Jonah. Now, and he explained to them why there was no sign going to be given to them because they were able to even discern the face of the weather and be able to say what will happen. And it happens accordingly. In other words, they have enough ability to read this, the weather and get it right. And in the same vein, they are expected to be able to know what is happening spiritually and be able to take good decisions. Now, what, one of the things I realize is that a lot of us are spiritually insensitive. Either just we are just spiritually insensitive or our sensitivity is hindered by the many preoccupations that we give attention to. So we don't notice what we should notice. And then many things come upon us on our ways. So I believe that the Lord by his spirit is prompting us in the season in which we are to be able to be to prepare ourselves and to be ready and to do what we need to do in the season in which we are so that we will be counted worthy of his grace. Amen. So progressing from there, I, I want to touch a little bit on about, I want to touch on your salvation and being fruitful in your walk with God. You know, many of us, because of our huge preoccupation with our sins, once there's a promise that a belief in Jesus Christ leads to forgiveness of our sins, makes us forget what else is required of us. Because you see, the same problem is too huge, is too crucial to us. So anything that relieves us of it, immediately we will go for it. But once we are relieved of it, we forget what other things came with the relief. Do you get it? In other words, the Bible promises us that if we believe in Jesus, our Lord, we shall receive the forgiveness of our sins and we will not perish. So based on that, we rush and run to Jesus so that our sins will be forgiven us because one of the messages of God is to make you conscious of how sinful you are so that when help is brought to you, where there's Jesus, come to Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. You rush in. That is why the publicans and the harlots, they knew their sins so much. Their sins every day was staring them. 
So they didn't have a problem with Jesus at all. They were rushing to Jesus. They were responding to Jesus. They were happy to be around somebody who can forgive their sins. But the people who could not see their sins because of their religiosity and other uh, 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 rituals and ceremonial things, they rather struggled with Jesus because their sins were not obvious to them. But the mercy of God found the hallows, them that are lost. And so they responded. Now, in the same way, many of us have come to Jesus because of the message of forgiveness of sins that has been preached to us. But you see, what we tend to forget is that it's, it's more than you having forgiveness of sins. You see, you may be preoccupied with your sins that have been forgiven to you by the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary. That is wonderful. But the blood of Jesus being shed on Calvary for the forgiveness of our sins is more than just the forgiveness of our sins, but to also make us fruitful in our relationship with Jesus Christ. To make us fruitful. And unfortunately, many Christians have not focused on the part B or the part C or the part D of the package. And so the Lord is impressing on my heart to constantly remind us, to constantly remind us that in addition to the forgiveness of our sins, we are expected to bear fruits that shows that we have repented of the things that make us sinful in the eyes of God. We are expected to bear fruit. Now, you see, we think that the only thing that is sin is when we do what God says we shouldn't do. When we do what God says we shouldn't do. We think that that is the only thing that is sin. So, for example, if I go and steal, or I lie, or I do other things that I, the Bible clearly says that I shouldn't do, immediately I'm aware that I have sinned. But there's also another part of sin, which is not to do what God says you should do. The other part of sin is not to do what God says you should do. And that normally comes about because we are preoccupied with what we want to do. We are preoccupied now. So I want to take us back to what is expected of us as in terms of when we have to come to Jesus. When we have to come to Jesus. You see, Jesus told them the message that must be preached in terms of repentance for the remission of sins. Jesus told the disciples the message we preach. Preach repentance for the remission of sins. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, I want us to quickly look at it. In Acts chapter 2, Verse 38, 
The Bible says, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, so the message Peter preached is to the people who wanted to know what they must do after their sins were declared to them, was that they have to repent. In other words, they have to make a U-turn in every way for their sins to be remitted and then for them to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, most of us go for the forgiveness of our sins. But apart from going for the forgiveness of our sins, which we respond to Jesus by repenting, it also brings into our lives the gift of the Holy Spirit for a purpose. The gift of the Holy Spirit for a purpose. Now, to neglect the purpose for which your sins have been forgiven and have been given the Holy Spirit, it is sin. And it will, it will cost us a great deal. No matter what excuse you give, no matter what problems you say, you advance, it will not justify you when you stand before God. So I want to show you something. When God prophesied through his prophet Ezekiel about salvation, what he actually said. So if you will, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. Ezekiel 36. I'm trying to show you because in Acts chapter, chapter 2, verse 38, they were told what to do for their sins to be forgiven. And then what they will receive, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you get it? Now, so to neglect the gift of the Holy Spirit that has been given to you, you will discover that you have neglected a large chunk if not the main chunk of the package of your salvation. So I said, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, not verse 2. You see, God said of the Israelites, of, of his people, he said, a new heart also will I give you. Number one, a new heart, whatever it is. God says, I'll give you a new heart. A new spirit will I put within you. That is when you get born again. A new spirit. Your spirit is reborn. And he says, and I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. The next verse. And I will put my spirit and I will put my spirit and I will put my spirit within you. So you can see the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because my spirit, when God is speaking, is the Holy Spirit. When God says, I'll put my spirit, is the Holy Spirit. So he says, and I will put my spirit within you. And what will the spirit do? 
What will the Spirit do? And cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. So one of the marks of a truly repentant Christian, one of the marks of a truly repentant Christian is a Christian who does the things that God wants them to do. So you see, Christianity and the preaching of the gospel have been infiltrated by the spirit of the world and has made us not see as significant the doing of God's will, the doing of what God wants us to do. Remember, in classifying sin, I explained to you that there's a part of where you do what you are not supposed to do. And there's a part of you not doing what you are supposed to do. Now, I don't know which one is more important or which one is heavier, but I dare say that doing what you are not supposed to do will damage you. And not doing what you are supposed to do would, would actually hinder God's plan and purpose for your life. So, well, whatever it is, I'm trying, I'm saying all these things to show us that if we are truly repentant, then this scripture must be fulfilled in our lives. In Luke chapter 3, verse 8. It says, bring forth therefore fruit worthy of repentance. Bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. And be begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. I don't know what other versions will say, but the part that I want to emphasize is that when John the Baptist was preaching the message and the Pharisees were coming to him for baptism, one of the things he told them was to prove that they have believed in what is being preached, to prove that they have believed in the Savior by doing things that shows that they have believed in the Savior. He said, prove that. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Now, to turn to God means to do what God wants you to do, not what you want to do. And God wants you to bear fruit. That is why in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 up to verse 10, we read that for by grace are we saved. Not 
by our works. But it is the gift of God. Lest any man should boast. Please read, give me the King James. Always give me King James until I tell you to give me something else. It says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. Verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So you see, I'm trying to show you in simplicity, just reading the scriptures to you, how that God has an expectation if we are truly repentant of our sins, which includes not doing what he says we, sh we should do and doing what he says we shouldn't do, if we have repented and turned to him, then the gift of the Holy Spirit is to make us do what he wants us to do. And what he wants us to do is to walk in the works that he has before ordained that we should walk in. The works, where whatever works they are, whatever works they are, when we stand before him, he must count us as being fruitful. When he created Adam and Eve, he blessed them and the blessing was that for them to be fruitful and multiply. For them to be fruitful and multiply. That hasn't changed. I said that hasn't changed. And therefore, spiritually likewise also, having been saved, we are expected to be fruitful. Unfortunately, many of us have not this in our mind that after the forgiveness of my sins, I am expected to be fruitful. And through the preaching of the gospel in diverse manner, even though we have received the forgiveness of our sins, we are being preached to live for ourselves and to live as if we have not turned to God and to do what God wants us to do. So this morning, I've introduced, this is all that I've said, is by way of introduction to say to you that after you are saved, after you are saved, after you have received the gift of God, who is Jesus Christ, the, the grace of salvation has appeared to you. It is expected of you to bear fruit. It is expected of you to bear fruit. That is what John the Baptist told the Pharisees. That he said, oh, you vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? And then he told them that the evidence of your belief is in the fruits that you bear. It's in the fruits that you bear. Therefore, our Christianity, our receiving of Jesus, is expected to manifest in the fruit that we bear. If the fruit that we bear is the fruit of still living for ourselves, it is not the Spirit of God. It is not the Spirit of God. In other words, 
we are not working or we are not employing the gift of God given to us. Who is the gift or who is the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is not only meant for you to speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit, if you have received him, he will make you fruitful. I said, if you have received the Holy Spirit, he will make you fruitful. Therefore, if you will say you have believed in Jesus Christ and you are not fruitful and you don't care about it, then what you are actually saying is that you don't, you have neglected or you have shaped the gift of God that was given to you. And remember, when a gift is given to you to make you become something, on the day of judgment, you will have to account for what you did with the gift. Amen. And I can promise you that there's no excuse that will justify your neglect of the gift. Amen. And you see, to prove to you that God expects you to be fruitful, I want to read a scripture to you. Isaiah chapter 32. We are going to read from verse 13 to verse 16. Isaiah 32. Verse 13 to verse 16. It says, upon the land of my people shall come up sons and brothers. Yea, upon all the house of joy in the joyous city. Next verse. Because the palaces shall be forsaken. The multitude of the city shall be left. The forts and the towers shall be for dens forever. A joy of wild asses, a pasture of flock. Until, until the spirit be poured upon us from high. And the wilderness be a fruitful field. And the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Verse 16. Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. Maybe you can translate it into NLT so that those of us who don't have the gift of understanding complex English can be at home. It says, for your land will be overgrown with thorns and briars. Your joyful homes and your happy towns will be gone. The palace and the city will be deserted, and the busy towns will be empty. Wild donkeys will frolic and flocks will graze in the empty forts and the watchtowers. Until at last the spirit is poured out on us from heaven. I said, until at last, the spirit is poured out on us from heaven. Then the place where there is dryness, the place where there's desolation, the place where there's nothing good will become a fertile field. 
and the fertile field will yield bountiful crops. Justice will rule in the wilderness and righteousness in the fertile field. So you can see clearly the work of the spirit. I see you can see, I said you can see clearly the work of the spirit. Why am I preaching this message to you? I'm preaching this message to you to see what is expected of you. Because there is a judgment day that is awaiting our lives. And on that judgment day, no amount of excuse would ever pass and cause you to be set free. There's no constitutional court that you can ask them to set your judgment aside because you were not fairly heard or whatever it is. On the day of judgment, when you stand before God, he would have closed every opportunity of escape for excuse or escape with excuse as we are here on earth. He would have, because listen, you will say that you are preoccupied with your issues. He has promised you many times and in many places that your issues he will take care of. You take care and be interested in what he wants you to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the rulership of God in your life. Seek ye first the will of God in your life. And all these things will be added unto you. So you, you cannot use that excuse. Don't allow Satan to deceive you to think and to feel that being fruitfulness is only for some people. It is for all of us. Because once you receive Jesus Christ, you have not only received forgiveness of your sins, but you will also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I said you would also receive the gift, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on you. What becomes of you depends on you. I said what becomes of you depends on you. It depends on you in the sense of whether you give attention and interact with the gift of the Holy Spirit that has been given to you, or you let it lie there and lie dormant. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So listen, Amen. I'm preaching a very peaceful gospel to you to cause you to escape the wrath of God that may meet you on the day of judgment. Today, you think your sins of what you shouldn't do, that you have been doing, are more troubling and therefore you may be preoccupied with it. But I can tell you that on the day of judgment, when you stand before your maker to discover how much was expected of you, and you never gave attention to it because something else deceived you, it will not be a nice thing. I said it will not be a nice thing. And I don't wish that for you. That is why the Spirit of the Lord is calling on all of us to make bearing fruit an integral and a significant part of our walk with God and our faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit has been given to you. The evidence of an expectation of God from you. I said the evidence 
of an expectation of God from you. Having received Christ for the forgiveness of sins also comes with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you would be without an excuse. Because the Holy Spirit is there to make you do what you are being asked to do. So the only reason why you wouldn't do what you are being asked to do is because you did not want to do it. You can never give an excuse that I didn't have resources. Because the resources have been given to you. That's what Peter told them in Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Please put it up. Let's read and let's hear what Peter said. He said, repent. It says, repent of your sins. Each of you must repent of your sins. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you don't have to do anything again. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you that as you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, listen to me. You have to know that there is an expectation of God from you. Mm -hmm. I said there's an expectation of God from you. God expects you to bear fruit. Hallelujah. And, and, and you need to understand that you have the Holy Spirit. That is why it becomes important for you to be planted. Because it is those that are planted that bear fruit. Many people move churches and keep moving around and they are all over the place and at the end of the day, their lives amount to nothing. But you see, when you are planted in a place and you are involved, you will soon begin to bear fruit. Because you get motivated, you get encouraged, you get trained, you get many expositions, you are made to start doing things that makes you interact with the Holy Spirit. So those of you that are not really planted in the church, that are not really involved in anything, that are always giving excuses, what you are doing is that you are putting yourself in an unfruitful situation in spite of the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, what I'm sharing with you today, in, in 1986, when I got born again, I didn't know about this. In 1990, when I joined the church, I didn't know about this. Several years on, I still didn't know about it. The way I know it, and I can even explain it to you with ease. Calling upon scriptures, upon scriptures to explain what I'm saying. I was not like that. But one thing I know is that when I joined this church, I became planted. I got myself involved in the things that are being done in the church. I got myself looking after people. I got myself engaging in activities that will allow me to be present at certain places, such as prayer retreats, such as training, and so many things. And today, I'm still marching on and pressing on. I may not be excellent. I may not have achieved my full potential. But I can tell you something. As I am following on, I am beginning to know 
more that is expected of me. And whatever I'm sharing with you, remember, I'm also sharing with myself. It's not like I am an angel that has been sent to come and give you this message. No, I am one of you that has received this message. What applies to you applies to me. In fact, it often applies to me first before it has even applied to you. So let us together here and do what would cause God to bless our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm sharing that it is expected of us to bear fruit. Yes. And the, the evidence of that expectation is the gift of the Holy Spirit that was promised us once we repent and receive Jesus Christ and are baptized for the remission of sins. The gift of the Holy Spirit follows automatically. And listen, when I talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about the gift of prophecy. No, I'm talking about the working of the, the, the Holy Spirit to be with you and to work in your life. And this begins to manifest when you are planted. When you are planted. Hallelujah. Amen. And you will see that by being planted, and by engaging yourself in many activities, the Holy Spirit himself will guide you, will teach you, will show you what needs to be done. And you see, by being fruitful or by engaging in the path of fruitfulness, you allow God to do more beautiful things in your life such as pruning you to bring forth much fruit. You make God happy with you. Because in John chapter 15, Jesus said, Hearing is my Father glorified. Verse 8. Hearing is my Father glorified. That you bear much fruit and that your fruit may abide. Hearing is my father glorified that he bear much fruit, so shall he be my disciple. Hallelujah. So we see clearly here that if we are expected to bear much fruit to the glory of God and for the kingdom of God. And we, we, we must engage ourselves in that activity so that, that we can enjoy the, the help of God. We can enjoy the protection of God. And above you, above all, we shall become what God ordained us to be. And then we would have overcome the work of darkness that is against our life. Listen to me. I know you may give me a lot of excuses. But listen. Listen. There's nothing in this life that you'll be successful at accomplishing unless God has helped you. In Psalm 127, it says, Except the Lord build a house. Except the Lord build a house. Unless the Lord 
has built a house. Oh, nothing would work. I said nothing would work. Listen, just as believe God. Hmm? As we are believing Jesus to receive the promise of us. By the shedding let us believe God to also know that whatever our life needs here on earth, God will supply. The protection that we need, He will be our protector. He will be our supplier. The door that must open for us to receive abundance and the help that we need, those doors will be open when we please God. The Bible says, if a man's ways pleases the Lord, he makes his enemy to be at peace with him. In other words, he's able to neutralize the works of his enemy for the person to experience peace in the presence of the enemy. So let us hear and hear the word of God. And for those of us that are not born again, listen, you cannot say there's no God and you cannot say you are not a sinner. By nature, we were born in sin. And you need Jesus for your sins to be forgiven. You need Jesus for your life to be what it was meant to be. Don't cast a new vision for your life, which is useless and which will be made useless by death. Don't cast a new vision for your life. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And he, by the gift of the Holy Spirit, would make you be what God allowed you or God wanted you to be by allowing you to come into this world. As we close, I want to encourage those of us that are born again, let us go to the next level. The forgiveness of our sins is the first step. Bearing fruit is the next and the ultimate step. Because it is in our bearing fruit that God is glorified in our lives. And as Jesus prayed, I have glorified you in this world. Therefore, glorify me with the glory which I have with you. You can also stand before God. And even here in this life, as your life glorifies God, God would also glorify you. Among human beings, you will be respected. Among human beings, testimony of your life will be to the praise of God. So as we end, you have an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Let us pray this prayer. And all you need is to make a decision that I receive Jesus as the son of God who came to die for my sins, who rose again on the third day and is alive, seated at the right hand of God. I believe that by the blood that was shed, as I receive him, so will I also receive forgiveness of my sins. Let us pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment. Pray with me if you want to give your life to Jesus. Pray with me this prayer. 
And all of us can join in and pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this precious life that I have for me. I come to Jesus and receive him as my Lord and Savior. I know I have lived my own ways, but today I repent and I come to submit to you, O God, who has created me and given me life. I receive Jesus as the way to you. I receive Jesus as the means by which my sins will be forgiven through his shed blood and covering. And I receive Jesus into my heart as my Lord, who will direct my life according to your will by his Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that I have received of you because of this confession of Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. I thank you, Father, for not allowing me to die before this encounter. And I'm grateful that by your mercies, I will have many more days to be a fruit bearer in your kingdom, that my life will glorify you and bring praise to your name. Thank you, Father, for loving me the way you do. Amen. Father, I thank you for these precious souls and everyone that is with us. That Lord, by your spirit, we shall not be deceived. But we shall walk in your truth. We shall not walk in our own understanding. But by your spirit, we shall walk according to your counsel. According to your word. That our latter end will reflect wisdom. We thank you, Father. And we thank you. That by your spirit as a church, we will do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. I pray for every person that is sick. That let your healing power touch them. Quicken their mortal body. And let strength come to them right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. God bless you. God bless you. And I believe it's good to walk and to be fruitful as a Christian. And I want to take an offering as many of us don't pay our tithe, which is not a good reflection of a repentant Christian. Let us give to God and to his work. Somebody say, is tithe in the Bible or is an Old Testament? Listen, if tithe is Old Testament and the Old Testament Christians or people had only a covering of their sins, and yet they were to pay or to give 10% to acknowledge God in their lives, then you who has a better covenant or have come into a better agreement, where your sins are not covered, where every year you are reminded of it, but where your sins are wiped away forever, and where you have now received the gift of the Holy Spirit, which the Old Testament Christians did not receive, except those called to function in certain positions of God, then you shouldn't be paying 10. You should be paying everything. You should be paying everything. So if 10% is a struggle to you, if in any other way you will want to add more, he will tell you privately. Yeah, that, that should be our argument. 
You shouldn't say that, no, diet is not about. You should rather say that, listen, Pastor, I think 10% is too low. And stop preaching 10%. What God has done for us, we owe him our very life and everything. So if possible, we would rather take the 10% and give him 90%. That's, that's, that should be your argument. Not to argue about 10%. And I believe as you get to that stage, God himself will bless you and increase you. So let us give the offering. Let us pay our tithe. And we are going to still do God's way. We're going to do many things that God will allow us to do. Pandemic or no pandemic, coronavirus or no coronavirus, God will be our help through this season in Jesus' name. Fear not, the Lord is your help. You may hear bad news. You may hear people that have left because of coronavirus. But you shall not go unless the Lord says it's your time. You will not go. I speak a word of divine protection in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platforms.